Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt Where podcast. To hunt it's, it's, okay. It's, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Slacker. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is July 27th. It's the 21st year of the 21st century is that right 2021 i don't know i'm going off the rails guys sorry he's lost <laughs> we've been drinking for hours lost in the sauce yeah you've been lost uh, in the sauce. Let's, let's play an ad let's just help me here whether you're at work in a tree stand or simply waking up it's important to be alert there's no better way to get there than with backwoods grind coffee ground fresh for every order delivered straight to your door backwoods grind coffee all right so 10 percent off for those guys you can use code w2h podcast and uh, we just cheered to some drop time uh 12 point bourbon we're also going to be sucking down some of their moonshine their apple based moonshine which is frozen nice and cold in the freezer because it's really freaking hot outside if you have that out there uh, and in studio, we could do the Spartan Forge ad. Uh, you're going to get 20% off their app to use code W2H, but they're here. This is Bill. Bill is Spartan Forge, as far as I'm concerned at the moment. As far as it goes, yes. Yeah, I guess so. he's the, the man, the myth, the legend. He is the, oh, the, the data nerd that is uh, the guy that built the neural networks. And I don't know, we've been talking for, what, at least, has it been a year? Uh, no, more than that. No, it's been more than that. It's been more than a year. This is the second time you've been in my house, so this time you've been in the house, because last time it was full-on COVID, and we're like, sketch about people coming into our house, so. Yeah. Plus, I didn't know he was well then or not. You know, right. I was like, I'm like, let this fucking weird dude in my house, Coughing or what? all over each other. <laughs> <laughs> did, we have a, did I start a fire at least last we time? We had a fire. Okay. I remember I think that. you grilled something, too, if I recall. Maybe. possible. I don't remember. We drank. We had a fire. We talked about philosophy and yeah, old wartime generals from the Roman Empire. We did, didn't we? Life. Yeah. And this time, Greg's here. This time it was mostly fart jokes. Yeah. And accents. And accents. accents. Yeah. We have the Terminator and, and Kermit the Frog. Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Yes, this is Arnold. I'm here for the Way to Hunt podcast. I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of I'm fun. Just jealous that I can't do a fucking accent. <laughs> just do it. Uh, there you it is. The chopper. You do the chopper. See, I did some weird thing at the end there. I don't know what happens. Just, yeah. I think my brain just disconnects. Yeah. 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 Greg can do a good one. It's here. Uh, what the the yow 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 I can just do that. Everyone yeah. can do the. Everybody can do that. Yeah, I don't got much else. Well, you at least in the chat or the live broadcast stuff, I put that we're going to talk about the veteran hunt, but 
there's a good chunk of people I think that are going to tune in. Some folks shared on Instagram. You got a great pro staff, like the the dream team of dream teams of pro staff. I think um, they're the best. Yeah, it's better than our OKS Hunter bro the best, staff. They're the best of the best of the best. Well, it's to be seen, right? We haven't <laughs> had a season yet. Right? Yeah, you guys might kill it. We, we should put our, our OKS Hunter crew bro staff against your pro staff, and we would lose. That but... would be a ton of fun. <laughs> no, it would be a lot of fun. We should pair them up. Actually, that would be a That'd fun be even learning fun. session for everybody. Yeah, because your guys really know how to freaking kill some big deer, and our guys are like. Is it brown? <laughs> then it's down. Yeah, it's down. exactly. You're not a fish. Well, that's how I am. That's why I brought these guys on. How far are you with the app and everything now? Like, where yeah, is, is everything? it an app? We're testing right now as we speak. Okay. And your Android's a bit further along than Apple. And I can tell you from experience, Apple's a pain in the dick to deal with uh, getting it live in the app store. You'll get there, but it's just not as straightforward as like the Android platform. Yep, absolutely. And I'm uh, bringing it up right now just to show Greg that it's an application. Wow. See that? It's very beautiful. And you got it set up for ambidextrous people or if you're yeah, right-handed or left-handed. So like, yeah, you can uh, switch around the controls. So if you're right-handed guy, oh, and, and then you, you know you have your diary here and some stuff we're not talking about yet, but then right. it'll be coming up pretty soon. And then you have your weather and your tools. And um, huh. He said tool. <laughs> I thought you were going to say poop, but that didn't no. come. He said tool. <laughs> so... Obviously, people that are I mean listening in that might not be familiar just yet. The I know you got a good boilerplate for this thing by now. You've been on a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I, I, artificial intelligence. Yeah, best way to say it. I don't like. I've never you know heard myself on a podcast before. It's kind of disconcerting. It's fun to hear your voice kind of loop. Is back it? To, I can though, turn yourself off. I feel like I sound way different on this thing than I do. I in had real some life. buddies <laughs> over over the weekend, and I brought them up here, and we were drunk, and we were just doing this, much like we they're right like, now. hey, hey. <laughs> they're like yeah that's how we i feel right actually now. recorded because it sounded like the dumbest thing in the world i have but, a much uh, higher voice or lower voice i don't know I should but yeah that. so artificial intelligence platform what we've done is i've spent um it's going on eight years now collecting um caller gps data mm -hmm. to train neural networks to do prediction on basically when deer will be moving the most and where deer will be moving the most and um we brought this pro staff on and we've got a bunch of other cool tools like the diary feature and um, historical weather analysis and um, some really good stuff that I think is going to kind of centralize a lot of the stuff that people have to go out and do and get piecemeal right now. You do have to do that. Like we've talked about this, like I use yep. the app Windy, right? And I yep. really enjoy that app, but I have to go in there. And I actually think there's some things to be desired in that app that I'm not a big fan of. Like it doesn't pinpoint where you are automatically. You have to like find yourself, which is kind of silly. Yeah, I'll take all of that input if you have it yeah at some point well, you have a, your pro staff is pretty good at doing like they're in the beta test mode so they're actually giving you feedback from guys that are getting shit done yeah just the android guys right now okay um, one of our apple oh well, we had a couple of things um one of our founders father um is battling covid right now and he's one of the main developers so he took some time away um and then uh another one of our developers got covid so between those two things we uh slowed down on the apple side um yep significantly hence the you know, problems of a small business. What is the split? Do you know? Are there, like, is it 50-50 as far as Apple users versus Android users? Oh, no. Users? Just it's, overall, it's I'm way more like Apple. Full, full okay. market is Apple. Yeah, has like, more market as I do the market market analysis, it's it's shaking out to be like 65% are Apple. Wow. Interesting. Um, in the hunting realm, anyway. And That's like, fascinating, because years ago, in 2014, we launched Where to Hunt app. It was primarily the demographic had Android. Is that right? Uh-huh. So It's funny it's how that's changed. changed. I would have thought it would have changed the other way. Yeah. But um, like all of the pro staff, with the exception, I think, of Garrett Prawl, mm -hmm. I think all of them are Apple. Oh, Jesus. So I was like, hey, Apple or Android's ready. Who's ready to download? And Garrett's me. like, me. <laughs> and everyone else is like, we don't use that crap. 
like it's Bo nice Mark when everyone's Hunt. on Apple then too because you're all in the same like the iMessaging and the you, you send like a group message with a video like it never freaking works if there's one Android user in their group you send, like yeah I'm that guy uh, I also have buddies who have Apple like external to hunting buddies who have apples and they're constantly like because I use it and I use an Apple phone to test the application mm-hmm. so they're like hey at, answer your Apple phone I'm like it's in another room I'm send it to this phone he's like I can't because you're not on that you know yeah yeah I don't know why that is, though, by the way. I have no idea. And then he'll screenshot me a message and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, anytime I try to send a video to my folks, my dad's got an Android, and everyone else in the family has an Apple. So then it doesn't freaking send right because it's his phone that's causing the problem. Yeah, so I, I guess I sh- Well, I, I think I explained it all, right? Artificial intelligence company. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you you have... What, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it empirical? Is that the word I want to use? Empirical is a good word. Because it's scientific. It's Sounds it's big. more objective than, you know, just... It's not subjective, right? Right. Yeah, because so, I mean, of the color da- data that you've collected. Yeah, so the colored deer data, right? A, a deer is born or it's, you know, darted with, an, with you know, some kind of... Um, put a dart in your neck, man. Put a dart, you've got a dart <laughs> in your neck, man. Um, or it's knocked out, right? Or netted, and then they collar it with a GPS collar, and then they let it go. And, you know, when that deer is moving more responding to its external environment um there's evolutionary programming or circuitry there that the deer is using to respond to its environment and the challenge of the neural network is to understand all of that i'm sorry let's back up a second Oops. what did you say about the deer with the it's responding to its environment more what, what was it you said it's like using neural the, that's the challenge of the neural network okay is to is to basically demystify that underlying circuitry of the deer so, uh, so I always deer use, are using compounding knowledge themselves. Well, to I would say it's compounding knowledge. I would say it's evolutionary okay. knowledge that's um, manifesting itself in circuitry. So you, I, I always use the um, – this got deep really quick, Greg. Yeah. I want to go to it, where other people this, have not been. So, well, <laughs> you're good at that. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Um, you, I always use the analogy that when someone gets goosebumps, right, That that's a part of your programming. Interesting. You're born with that. And so, you know, deer, as far as we know, don't have any higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, they're not. He gets goosebumps when Dreamweaver comes on the radio. So no Dreamweaver. Oh, this podcast is going to get real weird. Huh? Yeah, it's really yeah. good. It's like one part freaking off serious yeah, shenanagans. And yeah, Wayne's as we world. said, we called it out. And I successfully derailed the train. Yeah, <laughs> good. But okay, but that. I am. So anyway, they yes. have they have the circuitry, right? That's that's telling them, hey, you're low on fat or you're smelling estrus doze or, um, you know, it's windy and you're not safe. So whatever. they're like almost all croc brain. All what? Croc brain? The croc brain? I don't know what that means. Oh, you God. There's like a name for the, the croc brain. I don't even know you right now. Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, the most primitive part of our cognition is called the croc wow. brain, right? Who, oh. who coined that? Uh, a bunch of people. I'm trying to, there's a specific name for this Like part the of lizard the brain. brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, anyway, the uh, uh, do, 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 do. find his facts. Hold on, find the, the facts. Ne- is it the neocortex? Satellite neocortex server. is what I was. That's referring what I was, to. So that's what I'm referring to. I don't know. I've never heard it called a croc brain. Okay. Before, so yes, there, there's circuitry there that um, when you think of like white-tailed deer, they have automatic responses, and so a lot of it isn't being even processed. It's just happening automatically. So scent hits a deer's nose and it's gone before it knows anything, or it hears a bow getting loosed, and it ducks the arrow right yeah that's all happening at a, fa- a level so fast because that circuitry is wired directly to the spine and so that movement's happening before the deer is even processing it so you can think about it like 
if I were to, if Greg's standing out in the front yard and I toss a football at him when he's not looking, he's going to hit in the face. Right? Well, <laughs> but sometimes you catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't know. Whoa, you're like, wow, is, I didn't even think about reaction. that. Yeah. Right. And that's circuitry that was probably for us to react to it, like a rattlesnake mm-hmm. or a branch falling. And so a lot of people are like, I didn't even think about that. It just happened. And the reason is why the reason why is because you're, you actually have a circuit that bypasses your optical cortex. So it goes right past, instead of your, instead of your eyeballs being coordinating the, what you're seeing and saying it's your spinal cord and then you're reacting, mm-hmm. it's actually bypassing that nerve and it's going straight to the, like the subconscious is acting on your behalf. In a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. No, that's one way of thinking about okay. it. But basically you're reacting and you're not thinking about it. Yep. You're wired to react. Like you might be walking in the woods and you might jump from a snake before you realize you saw a snake. Like you have actually, you actually have a snake detection circuit to avoid snakes. Yep. Same thing with deer. Uh, uh, they I have heard it called circuitry. This is like, this is why oh, this is, that's just, the word that like set this off because. Oh, I see. Yeah. Wiring. Yep. Right. Um, how you're hardwired. How you're hardwired. Right. How, what you're born with, what you come to the table. That's why I was talking yeah. about goosebumps before, right? Yep. You don't what control that. Dad gave you. We had goosebumps when uh, the Exodus guys were in the studio here because they're talking about small side. This is worth rehashing because it'll probably okay. give you both goosebumps. And I can bring this experiment to life. Uh, one Just of their relatives fell out of a tree, out of a tree stand, but he like didn't recall. He wasn't slipping. He didn't like lose his grip. So when the paramedics got there, he said, it felt like I got pushed. Is that weird? And they're like, well, that's funny. Cause 10 years ago, the same thing happened out of the same tree. And the guy said the same thing. Yeah. Right. And they said, no well, that joke. was an old lynching tree back in the, the early days. Oh, Goodness. Goosebumps. Yep. There it is. I just got them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so they shared that story. I was like, oh my God. That's crazy. Goosebumps, right? Remind me, I have a ghost story for Alex, okay, so but separate from okay. this. But anyway, um, so the challenge of the neural network, right, is to figure out what what that circuit what that circuitry responds to mm-hmm. from a stimuli perspective, weather, topography, vegetative cover, all of these things are because the deer lacks higher consciousness like we have or you know, we're trying to kill right now. Right. Um <laughs> the you know the deer is just reacting to the environment so yep. that the neural network is taking in all of the movement points and it's it's looking at the aerial like topography data it's looking at the aerial cover data it's looking at lidar data it's looking at 30 years of weather data it's amalgamating all of it's collecting and combining all of this amalgamating stuff. is a really cool word it's a good word it's a big word combining and putting together all of these things tradesmen over here okay not you have big words educated. Big words have a lot of weight when they're coming four letters. Right. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, it puts all that together and it's trying to draw patterns. And then once those patterns are testable, in other words, when we get data that we haven't seen. What's the threshold for that data? Like how many data points you need? Is well, it, we, didn't, a, we weren't going to become a company until we had 60% prediction. Okay. So in other words, we, got, we get random GPS data and across six different buckets, there's two sets of buckets. There's, you know, Core area movement, transition area movement, full range movement, and then there's um, regular regular pattern, irregular pattern, very irregular pattern. I can't speak right now. It it needs to place. It needs to make a prediction on what deer will be doing across those buckets sixty mm-hmm. percent of the time. In a lot of places, we're up to like seventy one, seventy. Which is of why the time. it took eight years to build this out. Yeah, and it took degree. a ton of data. Yep. you know, millions of data points until the machine was able to extrapolate all of those inferences. I have a question from Andy May. Oh goodness, he's this is payback. I'm I haven't read it yet, so I'm not sure if it's going to be he's oh, talking. Man. If he's setting you up for a failure here, if it's a legit question, oh. can you ask Bill what have been the top two factors that seem to increase movement from the data he's gathered? So that's a legit question. Thanks, Andy. That is a real question. Thanks, Andy. 
Um, I guess I'll focus on the Midwest because I think Andy's in Ohio, right? Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Thank you. That's right. Very good. Greg's that's the Midwest. He's, right? a, he's got a steel trap. That's the Midwest, right? Yeah, that's the Midwest. That's fair. Yeah, that's the Midwest. Good. I get Ohio and Michigan fucked up it's all the time. across the pond. It's the western I get, part of the I get West Michigan, belt, Ohio, right? time. <laughs> that's the um, beat <laughs> okay, button. That's later. That was my first time. Ever on the show? Using yeah. the beep button. Yeah. I just got beeped on the Southern Outdoorsman podcast <laughs> last week. And that's the first time I've ever been beeped in my explicit. life. So anyway. Top two factors, Yes, in the Midwest. I'm recalling this from the top of my head. Um, it would it would have to be there, ra- lowering, yeah, raising barometer. Really? Yeah, raising barometer has to do with it, but a lowering barometer will do it if temperature is is lowering as well. Sure. But it depends on it depends on how far north you are. There's a point, and it's somewhere in here where the data starts to skew towards where temperature is lowering and pressure is rising. And I want to say it's near here, or it could be north of, maybe it's north. Oh of yeah, last Lakes. fall. In fact, I think we talked the day I shot my buck and you're like, you need to fucking get out there. You were here. That's right. And then you're like, dude, this is and the And you week. asked me what the prediction was yeah, saying. We talked, I we said, pulled, yeah, you told my wife, I said, tell my wife that. Yep. Yeah, yep. I remember that. So I believe it's in this area. So yeah, temperature and pressure have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone one. thinks so. Let's compare that against cold front because everyone thinks cold front. I got to be out it there. It does not mean that. Okay, it does not mean that. Is that so, a myth? Are you just are you no? It's not a myth. It's just lowering pressure generally corresponds with a weather event, but got not it. always. Um, but then the second thing there, the second most, I th- or not, yeah, most importantly, it's how many favorable feeding days there were before that event. So, in other words, if the deer have put on a lot of fat up to that point, especially when you're talking about mature bucks up here, mm-hmm. um, they're more likely to set out one or two days of bad weather than they are to do what all the other deer are doing, which is going, you know, feed so as things much as to they can. take into consideration are like, are the bean fields all, you know, well, done, have, they, well, or, have there been favorable feeding days? In other words, um, you know, days really had the opportunity to, feed. yes. Okay. Have they been feeding a lot or has there been a lot of nasty weather? Um, that's why, you know, you could use like a regression model, which is what some of these other people are doing to do deer prediction doesn't work really well because it's only focusing on the now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have all the historical it stuff behind it. It's not it. putting in, you know, the last three months of weather. Got it. Think about it like if, say you've been on a diet, right? And you're not doing any, you're not eating any bad food, but now you've reached your goal, right? And now you're, now you're going to have some freaking nachos. Like, yeah, right. You're going to eat something that's not good. So you'd be more likely to, if I were trying to target you or find you, I'd be more likely to find you at one of those at places Culver's. after two or yeah. three, after <laughs> two or three months of eating really well. Yep. Right. In other words, you've, you're, you are taking into consideration your fat stores. So the biggest two for up here for movement up here, and I'm talking about outside of the rut is that those, the, those corresponding temperatures and pressure changes coupled with um, how many f- favorable feeding days there were before that event. In other words, if deer have had plenty of nice weather and to feed or it's early season, they're not getting a lot of pressure. It really doesn't matter at that point, but once there's pressure that's in the data, that's where we start to see where, where weather especially gets a vote. Like if people are looking at the Spartan forge app or and that's not an app now, that's a good way to program say online mm-hmm. in the summertime, you're going to see a ton of full range movement and then a ton of core movement and then a ton of full range movement and ton of core movement. And that's just because it's looking at, you know, 
there's no pressure and the GPS data knows that. The GPS data sees that during summer months when there's no hunting seasons, deer are moving all the time. Or they're not moving at all when there's like when the buds start to happen on the trees and there's lots of like there's lots of um, caloric um, on the buds, you know, eating off of trees or mm-hmm. on the orbs on the ground, those types of things. Then they can stay in their core areas, right? Then once that's gone and the leaves start to go and there's cover, now they need to disperse. And they're more likely to do that and be in a full range movement pattern um, because there's no pressure. Interesting. But and then as, cool. the, as the seasons come in and, the, and there starts to be pressure in yep. the woods, now they're responding to the, you know, I'm not saying the buck thinks this. What I'm saying is ev- the evolutionary circuitry is suggesting um, you haven't had a lot of favorable feeding days. Your fat storages are low. The, the, the body knows it needs this much fat to make it through the winter. It's time so to head to the cornfield. Right. It, it, risk your neck, get, get to that cornfield early and get as much feeding done as you can. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, I had a thought, but I was pondering. I'll just lean on Andy's question. He had, he had an alternative question. Same question, uh, factors that limit movement rather than prohibit it. Or Up here, wind. Wind. Wind has, um, but also uh, when people say, you know, limits movement, then they think, oh, that means I shouldn't be hunting. And it's like, couldn't be more the opposite. Like, that's a really good time to be I'll hunting. Hunt in wind. I in always the wind. Do. It just changes, like, and that's why in the app, you know, other apps say it's a great day to hunt or a horrible day to hunt or mm-hmm. deer will be moving early or deer will be moving, moving late. That's not what our application is doing. Our application is just saying, are they going to be focused in their core areas during daylight hunting hours? Or they could be focused in transition areas or they could be found anywhere in their range. So that you can just adjust your hunting style yep. based on what you're being told by the neural network. You know, it's interesting. Apps like HuntStand, you have all of this user input. You build out your geofence for your hunting area. You add your stand, your food plots, your tr- you add all this shit, right? Which is great. It's very journal It's very like you're building your virtual environment of your physical environment, I think. It'd be interesting if those apps or if your app or if a combination thereof, the two were to say like, this stand is where you want to be today based on all the shit you were just talking about. Yeah. That- or that stand. So I don't know that. They're not going to get there because they See, don't have what you have. It doesn't take away the hunter out of out of being a hunter. It's giving you the general idea of, hey, where right. you should be. Yep. But you're still going to have to be a hunter yep. and go out and do your scouting. And still can't out. kill from the couch. That's right. But, and you're still talking about the general deer. Yep. Right? We say the general deer. We're not talking about the 150 class, 160 class. Maybe you'll get there, but you're still talking about look, the like general's 200 six class. out of 10 deer are going to do this. Yep. On average, that's the median deer. Yep. That you can expect to see more activity than than not based on these all of these factors, lots of factors. Yep. Um, one question just came through from one of our listeners, Alex. Uh, he said, "Just curious, what kind of data, or do you have any tracking collar info for a Kansas?" Uh, I, I believe I have. This is the least guys can appreciate so this. States, is what's the, be- the advantage of so being alive? There's so many states of data. I want to say that I have a small amount of publicly available data like studies that were published in Kansas, but I also believe Kansas is on my list of states to gather more data on. But, you know, we have a fair amount of data for states that surround it. What I can say is, like, Kansas data won't have a lot in common with Mississippi data. No. But it will have a lot of in common with, like, Nebraska or Northern Arkansas or something. It will have more in common Could with you guys showing off your geographic skills? Huh? Could you show off your geographic skills? What? <laughs> What? I've, I've been math a few skills. I've been a few places. Uh-huh. I've been around. Can't do math. I can't do geography. I can't do grammar. I'll head to North Dakota with you. I'm down. 
Uh, our buddy Ryan over at Deers and Beers. Deers and Beers are good. Deers good and Beers. I love those guys. Yeah. Us too. We, I have never, there. I think I've maybe sent them some some messages on Instagram, but those They're guys. They're going to be debuting on our new flavor here pretty soon. Way yep. underrated. Yep. Yeah. 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 Underrated, overrated, underrated. They're great. Thoughts on Moonface, he asks. Um, so this is a sticky subject. Always is. <laughs> it is. Um, you got guys that live and die by the moon and you got guys say it's full of shit and you have guys on both sides. That I don't do care. Well yeah. But both. maybe I'm missing out on yeah. something. So yeah, I use the word heuristic all the time and people are always asking mean? me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. What does that mean? Definition. It's like a rule that's good enough or that functions in, in like within the context of how you learn things. Sure. It could be, you could be right on both sides of the coin. Exactly. Yep. Or like you adjust yourself. Enabling someone to discover or learn something for on themselves. Their own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but what happens is that once you have a heuristic, like, you know, I hunt by the moon like this, right? A couple of things can happen. You can increase your confidence. You know, I think and confidence well, is key in everything you do. Absolutely. And isn't so I call the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Sure. Yeah. But also it's like, it's a, if you say to yourself, the look, the conditions there. are perfect, right? Say, say you have your own, mm-hmm. this is what I think that, you know, in my experience or my grandfather told me X, Y, or Z, right? It doesn't matter if your grandfather is full of shit or not. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to be as quiet as you can going out into the woods. You're going to be slow. You're going to go to the tree slowly because you don't want to waste the opportunity, right? Because you're like, everything's perfect. So now you're acting more disciplined and you're, and you're getting to a better or you're picking a better spot that you can so save variables, right? So you've, you've. You're, you're by virtue of believing that it's a good sit. You're, you're increasing your chances you're improving because the you're odds. acting like somebody who doesn't want to waste an opportunity. Right. Which is how you should be hunting every time you're That's in the like woods. That's like when you go yes. on a date with a girl you think is hot or something, right? Like, well, I'm going to definitely shower. I'm going to put on some cologne. I'm probably going to do my hair. I'm going to brush my teeth, maybe my tongue, right? Wow. Like, you're going to pull all the stops. <laughs> you're going to clean your freaking car. But if it's somebody like, meh. My friend sent me some blind date. I don't know shit. You're gonna show up, and none of that stuff will matter. And, but by the way, either could work either out for you. Either could do well, right? Because maybe you're being your damn self, and yep. that should work for you. That should work. Yeah. Or you're uninterested, and she loves that even more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> this is great. Look at this. This is a great analogy. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 that way. But what what we're trying to do with Spartan Forge is actually get past. This is not a dating stuff. app. Swipe left for the book. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That could um, be a fun feature. Uh, April Fool's Day for you. Yeah, I was trying to think of a funny analogy for Tinder, but nothing came to me. Timber. Oh, there, there you go. There it is. There you go. Does there the tree go. make a sound of falls in wood? Depends if there's a book there. Right, exactly. So, what was I saying? I fucked that all up. Yeah, you did. You derailed the train once again. That's our, oh, you did it the first I time. I know. You did it on purpose. This I didn't. It's going to be purpose. a shit show, people. <laughs> it is. Um, Someone in the comments can get us back on track with but, brownie points if you do. What was I? I don't remember what I was talking about there. Oh yeah, self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. We're Thank talking you. about, and that's how we got to the dating thing. So, what we're trying to and do. And moon phase is the original question. Yes. Okay. And so, moon phase. There's a couple of things. There are places where the data seems to suggest that deer are moving more during your classical. You know what people would say. Oh, the moon is you know overhead or underfoot or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems like. There's more movement in the areas, but they're not leaving the areas. So, so we, you use the neural network to define three areas. So let's just use one so I can explain this core area, which means, you know, for a, a, the average mature buck in, I don't remember what it is in this area, but in mountain country, it's about a square mile. 
Really? Where they can find themselves during daylight hours. Okay. It's usually, you know, day walkers, day walking. And um, that's where they feel safest for a variety of reasons. Inside that core area, they might in an afternoon change their beds. A buck, a particular buck might change his bed seven times in an afternoon. It's like one to sundown, 1 p.m. to sundown. It seems like now we have enough data that it, it seems to be pointing towards they will change beds more during full moon, during that moon overhead, moon underfoot types of situations. But but it's not a bunch. It's just a little bit more. Okay. So there seems to be some data that says there's more happening in the bedding areas, but it's not like they're running out into the middle of like a field if you're sitting on a field's edge or like an inside some corner. Some of them bed in the fields. It depends on the pressure situation, yep. like or if there's high corn or something. Absolutely, they will. What I mean is, they're in their safety areas. Safety area could be the middle of the field. Yep. Especially if they're getting no pressure. I guess what I'm saying is, they will change beds more. It seems like, and if you were to follow the deer with a ruler, mm-hmm. and say, you know, they this deer, this buck changed beds seven times a day, and he traveled 650 feet when he went around the map, right? It seems like moon overhead, moon underfoot, there, it might be 1,100 feet of movement, but they're not leaving the core area earlier. Okay, I got but you. But it's also not everywhere. It's only in places, like the southeast is one of those places where pretty reliably the moon seems to be getting some kind of vote. Okay. Am I hearing something? Yeah, he's doing some Instagramming over there. He's, oh, yeah. He's I, just, doing some stuff I thought the we were catching up the neighbor or catching the neighbors or something. Yeah, catching the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh, I wouldn't want to know. They're all old. Uh, we're in like the, our own special corner of the freaking whole subdivision here. Literally, everyone's old as shit. Um, not to be. Sorry know. for the distraction. Folks. No, that's okay. So. Allows us to improvise. You, you, mm-hmm. First of all, my core area could, could use some work because I've been getting pretty flabby uh, here, but. Core area and, and what do you call it? Transition. In transition. Is there another so that's, term here? Yeah, full range. Full range. So, so there's I'll three. define these. Thank you. Yeah. So core area is where the day the, the deer are spending most of their time during daylight hours. Mm-hmm. Transition is the areas that are between their core area and whatever their destination feeding areas are. Or if it's like, you know, pre-rut act or rut activity, wherever they're trying to get to. So someone might traditionally call that like a staging area. Yes, I've heard or this term. Scr- uh, actually, line. when we hunted with um, Anthony Heller with Deervane, mm-hmm. we hunted what was called a staging area. That's right. the first time I've ever heard of that term. So that's just how, the deer. How you identify that. Where do you think you were when you missed that buck? Was that a staging area? He was just passing through. Mm-hmm. You can think of a staging area as like a parking lot of it, like a Denny's. I get the term. It was I guess, a parking lot. I don't lot, know how the hell you know. That's where all the deer walk through. This is where all the parking lots where the cars go. Yeah, or a scrape line. Is but how the hell do you identify scene. one when you're boots on the ground? Like, what does that look like? You got to open. How do your I know eyes. that I'm looking at a stage? Open your water. eyes and use your head. <laughs> well, you can think about like traditional. Let's just talk about a really traditional agricultural situation. Okay. Yes. Which might be the best way to do this for which most is, people. Which is the area we were in. Right. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is you'll have. Let's just say you have an area where there's like three fingers, topographic fingers, that deer are betting on, right? And then you have a field. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what you have is an area that's generally downwind of that field that gives you good vision mm-hmm. of the field. You're, you can see the field. So what the deer will do is they'll leave the bedding area. They'll go to this area where they can scent check the field, feed a little bit, and observe where they're about to walk can into. Can we call this a tailgating area? Yeah, we could do that. Sure. Like, they're getting together. Yeah, I'm not driving. I'm meeting up with the yeah. guys pre-game, maybe. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Pre-gaming. Yeah, pre-gaming. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. 
but it would be a staging area. Okay. Or as they're leaving that area, right, they might have like a scrape line that they like to work or a rub line. Sure. That they like okay, to so work that's what I was between. witnessing in the buck that I missed. He was working a scrape line. That, those would be transition. Got it. And then transition. another way to look at tra- – and, and then usually what they follow, which gets even more confusing, is they'll, they'll, they will – another term that gets used colloquially is where like hardwoods meets – um, it's like vegetative transitions. Vegetative transition is generally a good line that they'll use to get mm-hmm. from point A to point B. I wonder why that is. I think because they're I mean, just per cover for transition. one. They're, well, edge, they're edge creatures. It, they're edge creatures. They and love it. I think of it as like, and this is not scientific and this is not official. I just think of it as, as an easy way for them to recognize where they're going. Oh, yeah. That's, like, I've never heard it said that way before. It's path of least resistance. Creatures of the edge, right? There's probably some brand out there that should be spun up around that. They just recognize... They just recognize that path because it's where, you know, overgrowth or a cleared timber area sure. meets hardwoods. They have security there. Yep. Security is one step away. Yeah. So, so I always thought about like they don't want to be silhouetted. So if they're using like, uh, you know, hardwoods as a backdrop for themselves, they're not going to be as identified as there's, easily. There's by. probably a number of different reasons but why. That, that's a good one too. Like the, just simply, could deer take the path of least resistance, right? Mm-hmm. We've heard yep. this before. They're not too dissimilar from humans. It's often that you'll see deer tracks by your fucking truck. Well, they want After to save energy. Yep. Yeah. And then additionally, like, you know, they want to blend in. They don't want to get silhouetted, but maybe they just need to know how they're going. And right. it's easier and for them to another, recognize. That's a, another easy way to do it. It's kind of like us following a river, right? Sure. It's visually, we can understand yep. this river goes here. Yep. And so it's the same for them. So, And then also they're just, as Greg said, animals of or creatures of um, transition. Transition. Edge. They edge. love edge. Edge. Adam on the Miller. Edge of glory all Adam the time. Miller says, hi. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. Adam. I like Adam. Adam just texted me this morning. Alex is a user of your app. He's the one asked one of the questions. He said he had great success with the app last year and saw two deer every sit. Wow. Um, Good. But two of his sits. Alex. And on those sits, yeah, Alex Blue. Uh, on those sits, I had second guest on the walkout and didn't sit where I was originally planned. So it's great for me in Kansas. So, so Excellent. Sounds like that's a big thing. Thanks, you. Alex. I'm missing any. By the way, guys. You can call in. The number's on the screen here. Uh, for those that don't know, it's 262-757-4122. If you have a question, you can call in. We're not, I'm not shy. I'm not sharing the uh, live chat link because we're all here in studio, so it would take my focus away from the current conversation. So if you call in, that'd probably be best. Uh, again, you can I'd love to talk phone. to you. Yeah. If you have questions for Bill and the app and, and anything, I mean, the, this, da- this data-driven approach is interesting. Because this industry hasn't seen this yet. Nope. And it's been very subjective, which isn't bad because subjectivity from people that are getting it done, they're sharing data that they've personally experienced. But that's like saying, I only drive a Ford because Fords have been great to me. I never had a problem. Well, that you've never driven a Chevy or a Toyota or a Dodge or a whatever. Yeah. Those could be good too, but you don't know that. Yeah. Like your F-150 might be doing good for you in Kansas, but like, how's it going to do for you in New York City? Right. So I want to know like this data-driven approach is how I've been describing your application when we've been running yep. the, the ads. Like this is a data-driven approach to deer predictability. And I'm not doing any justice because we're getting pretty deep on this episode Yep. to really kind of scratch below the surface here. Um, yeah. We don't, we don't use any presuppositions. There, there's nothing we come to the table and say, deer, do this. Mm-hmm. Only the data that the deer are aggregating by collar, by wearing the collar, is what the machine is going to say is a pattern of the deer. And I, I which is the only way to do it. And you've right? shared some really cool information. I don't know how much of this is willing, you're willing to let's see the light of day, some of the myth busting kind of things I think are really fascinating personally. I think that can do well with the, any audience. 
because yeah. we've come to believe certain things because grandpa said so or so on and so forth, generational data that's been passed down. Yeah, and I'm not trying to poo-poo grandpa. Grandpa might be <laughs> right in your area, right? Yeah, he could be totally right. That's the other thing about this. Yeah. You could validate a lot of things too. Yeah, I'm talking about general deer. Just yep. like, and, and a good way to think about that is general humans. Like the general human might do X, Y, or Z, but then you got to think about, okay, now what's the other 40% of the human race doing? And and by the way, if we're talking general deer, are there assumptions, assumptions that you can then make from the big deer? Yes. We're, if all the, we're building a mature deer model. Oh my God. And I just made this. You have to make people pay a lot of money for that one. No, I won't. Ah, You know why I won't do that? Because it's dismal to look at. <laughs> all right. All right. It's not super exciting. It's like. You know, yeah, it's like three down, three down points. Big deer, big deer get more sedentary. Here it is. Big deer don't move. Right? They move, but just, they, it's a very few handfuls of days of the year. Just spots that they've never been seen in. I think you've said that some of them might not even participate in some rut activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, fuck that. I'm not moving from this bed. Yep. Uh, they got does and food and water there. Why would they? Right. They're Well, they're, I've seen data where, well, I, I should say... First of all, not every doe in that area was collared, right? But a majority of them were. So I can tell when a buck and a doe are kind of meeting and they'll spend 24 to 72 hours mating in thick cover somewhere. Mm-hmm. I've seen where these bucks just will stay in their area during their first primary breeding, like bell curve, like the first jump in primary breeding. They'll just be remaining where they're at. And that deer will, you know, get seven, eight, nine years old. And then the second rut. Yep. Right, they'll participate and they'll breed some fawns, hmm. which is crazy. Sick bastards, and uh, <laughs> and uh, they will um, maybe maybe made a couple does, but then that's it, and then they're done, and then they're never coming out of their little area again. I just watched the hunting public, and they did a s- episode on I don't know if it's recent or not, but it was like how to identify buck bedding on public land. Yeah. And it was pretty good. I like the way that they they took the approach. They broke everything down, et cetera. Um, a question I have for you is: so last year when we did our tactic talk series, we had we tried to follow the hunting season by talking to people about what was happening now through yeah. that series. And I tripped into this series, or not? I didn't trip through that series. I tripped into this whole concept of early season, where you're getting on these deer before they're you know pressured. Well, they're still on a pattern. And so you talked about core area and this extended full range area. I think that's really interesting when you consider early season. If you can get those ebbs and flows of core versus extended, core versus extended, that can further inform a pattern of predictability yeah, that's for also you to get most, in the early season. Yeah, it's also their most patternable time of the year. Like you'll see them just like clockwork hitting spots because there's no pressure. Yep. Like they have so then if you're and, right, that's, that's, I mean, I almost call that first hunter advantage or freelance in business to call it first mover advantage, right? Yeah. I was on a podcast the other day. I don't remember. Maybe it was just the last one. I don't remember. The doesn't Southern matter. Outdoorsman one? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They Antler asked me, up? Maybe. You've been in a lot. They asked me when would I, if I had to kill a big deer, if I wanted to kill a big deer, when would I do it? And a couple of things after looking at the GPS data, but then also spending a lot of time around guys like Johnny Stewart or Steve Shirk. And then seeing, and then re-examining every time I interact with one of my pro staffers, I try to understand like what makes them tick or like what they're, well, first of all, obsession. Yes. Obsession <laughs> makes them tick. Absolutely. Because they're spending more time, like their scouting is just 
you know, maybe Greg is like this. I certainly was maybe 50% of this, even at like my peak a couple of years ago. If they're, if they have free time, they're scouting like all summer long. Tinkering or scouting. Yep. And, Mm -hmm. and so that to me is a, a huge part of that. But then the other thing is like a guy like Johnny Stewart, they're doing the, they're doing a lot of their, Traditionally, I always used to focus on the pre, like right before the peak of the rut, and then the obviously the peak of the rut, and then that would kind of be, at least for about five or six years, that'd be the majority of when I'm spending time in the woods. It's End just, of October, early November. Yep. Okay. And, and, like October. This is how it is here. Yeah, October 28th into November 20th. Like in there, I'm hunting whenever I can. Okay. And then there, you have a guy like Johnny Stewart who he'll hunt that time. But he's not bending over backwards to do it. But then he is he is bending over backwards. Like I can't tell you how many times this year he's driving to Ohio, like January twenty eighth. I I'm gonna say something. I really like hunting that time of year. Yeah. That later. There's no one in the woods. There's no one there. And yeah. You, like I had one guy walk on me, walk in on me like the last week of season, because he was clearly hard up for a deer and might have been the guy that missed the doe back there who knows but i was the only person there was no small game hunters there was nothing i could hear snowmobiles way off in the distance but at that that point of the deer but but then you look at johnny actually knows but are they if the deer like finally like they might be getting back into patternable sure they They are they are i mean because they were they were moving through and they even walked right through my boot prints and didn't even care interesting so so what i take from that is if you said to me repeating myself and i hate doing this that's podcast. Right. damn it if you ask the wrong me, question then no no, no it's fine kidding. if you ask me hey bill you, you know there's in this block of woods there's 170 inch deer and you've got seven days to hunt it i would say you know three and a half days on the opener and three and a half days towards the closer yep would be my time and and if i had to say when is it going to get harvested well, that right i would the pick first. the closer because i don't want to fuck with the mosquitoes see i'd pick the opener i i'm not if, tell I, you if this. I had like you know if I had cameras all over the woods, I would agree. The first week of, o- of opening. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. I just can't tell right. That's the bug, where the bugs. It, and I've got trail camera data to prove it. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first, we'll say two weeks of, of season deer are moving. Normally they're even moving during somewhat shootable hours. They're, they're moving. During oh, they'll shootable be, hours. I mean, I've seen, you know, three, you know, 140, 150 inch bucks in like the Southeast, which is, you know, that's pretty big down there. That's like 160, 170 inch deer up here. And they're on the hoof at 3 p.m. leaving their core areas. No problems. They don't yeah. care about it. They, yeah. Because nobody's been back there. And nobody's the mosquitoes are up. horrible. Nobody what, wants to which be in the woods. Are, which but it's are another like, day in the life of a whitetail. Deer flies and mosquitoes. Right. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You're, what were you saying, dip? Eric? Well, I was going to ask, which states? Is it Kansas and Nebraska? Which ones are the ones that are known for early season where you get velvet? North, North Dakota, Dakota is definitely North one. North Dakota. Yep. I've killed a lot of velvet deer in North Dakota. Um, Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, the doe that you got last year, you got on the opener. Yeah. And that was a hot, hot time. You know what? Didn't care. Hot I wanted to be there. The city. That's right. That's <laughs> hot right. time in the swamp, more like it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> You're lucky she didn't friggin' turn a, take a left turn to Albuquerque on that no one. No doubt. That'd have been, I mean, you already had a total shit show plan B shot with your heavy ass FOC Vector custom arrow. shop. Should I just be pouring more whiskey or can I get uh, one of those beers? You can get a beer. What do you want? Yeah, you take yeah. What do you what, want? I had a Sam Adams, but you know, whatever's in there. Are you a Paps guy? Is, there a, is there a new Glarus in there? I, if, if, if anything, I'm more of a bush like guy, but 
Um, oh. There might be a new Glarus totally naked in there, which is like a... If they're cold. They Eric weren't cold earlier. Be, Are they cold? Eric's, Eric likes to be totally naked. Well, the totally naked uh, new Glarus your, is like a Hefe, Hefeweizen? I like Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Yeah. Hefe, it's like that's a Hefe, very nice. It's yes. like a Hefeweizen. Yeah, Hefe <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, it's very good. But I'll just keep pouring this because I'm too lazy to get up and I get it. When you like to lick and zidick and... <laughs> I have a lot of firsts oh. today. This is my first live, I think, live podcast. I think live, live, because you've been live with us before, but you haven't been live in studio. Live, live in studio. And then second, it's my first one doing it with the Buzz. <laughs> so Buzz Lightyear is Buzz not Lightyear. here. I can go get him. He's downstairs. So, we got like you. 10 fucking Buzz Lightyears in this yeah. house. Kids are obsessed with Toy Story. So probably going to... People are probably going to unsubscribe today after they... That's fine. It's all right. We get what they get anyway. when they see us. We're just okay at what we do. Hey, the okay Live is, with it. The okay is I don't like it. Well, oh, that's, that's what fine. I didn't fucking say. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio. Uh, I better leave the never. <laughs> that's, that's how okay we are. We just straight up forget to mention it. <laughs> that's like your biggest sponsor. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's like, you know. I mean, I, you're wearing their shirt. That's you right. Got their and hat the hat, on. the whole thing. I, got I like new, that shirt, I got a new hat. The, the venison one? Yeah, you I know, like that. I, You know where this idea came from for this shirt? I was uh, driving. I saw a guy walking down the road, and I could. its shirt didn't say venison, but it was one of these college Shirts and like the John like, Belushi or Jim Belushi. It was just no, like literally, I was college. driving home and yeah, some dude was walking down the subdivision and it looked like whatever he was wearing. It was a college shirt, but it must have been some sort of college shirt with with you know, Vin. I don't know, whatever doesn't matter. But I was like, ah, oh, how cool would it be if I had like a fucking shirt that just said venison, yeah, in the college lettering. And no joke. I got a text message like two seconds after he saw the guy. What do you think, venison? I'm like, do it. <laughs> So that was it. I like those shirts. I have a couple yeah. of those. I have one that says "fuck art, let's dance." There you go. There you go. And then I've got another one that says um, "USA back to back World War One and two champions." Yeah, that's Ooh. pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> it's the simple stuff, you know. It's just it's just like yeah. block. Like so, it looks like somebody yeah. screen printed it. Yeah. in fifth grade art class. That's yeah, it. but if you read it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That guy's pretty serious. And we, we spent a lot of money on World War champs. We spent a lot of money on designs from a gra- and they did great. Not to poo poo it at all. I think it's fantastic, but. More people buy the shirts that just have letters on them and words rather than these big pictures and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just doing – I had a meeting with like our um, – Marketing? Like our market. Yes. Yeah. How did he know to say that? I, I don't, don't know. know. He's like your brother or something. I know. That's really <laughs> weird. Or did I tell the story earlier? <laughs> hey. weird. I had a meeting this morning at Starbucks with our marketing guys, and we were going over like T-shirt designs. Yeah. And they showed me this website for this sunglasses company. Which and, one? <sighs> I'm going to – Shady what? Rays? Movement is it the same guy that does the the Doctor Squatch stuff? No, but maybe oh. Jordan, if you're listening, text the, me the, the most on brand site that I remember seeing back when I was doing this shit for real, for real, like in marketing, marketing was Ch- Chubby's Shorts. They're still all over Instagram. They're so good at speaking to their demographic. No one is better. Hmm. Shitty cooler, pretty good. Yeah, Chubby Shorts, Shitty cooler, pretty damn good. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't the one. But <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, not even close. Yeah, it's like if you want to if you want to market to a frat boy, chubby shorts. It was, but or shitty cooler. Do you guys exactly. did you guys watch wrestling back in the day? Some, some, so depending on this, what era, like eighties, late eighties. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Slim Jim, bit. the Slim Jim dude, and all Aren't that. You like fifty, Greg? Weren't, Come on, you, yeah, weren't you calling him a younger Greg? Yeah, you're calling Nelson me. Nelson Harry, you're around two years older than you. See, there was this wrestler called. Saying there's this wrestler called the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The like, Ultimate Warrior. I don't know who the yeah. fuck that is. Yeah, like, 
neon tassels. Yeah, ne- yeah, he had no, like that was Randy Savage, man. Randy the Savage. Well, they wrestled Dude, at the same come time. Come on, yeah, the the thing. You're not the even macho. You're gonna man, have to Randy talk Savage. to Steve. Yeah, thank you, Stevie Mo. You're gonna have to help Eric out with his wrestling. Stevie's way too obsessed with wrestling. That's not fair. Well, I know. Well, anyway, that aesthetic of the Ultimate Warrior was this website, and it was a sunglasses website where. When you, you the, your when you went to the website, it looked like Windows 3.1. Mm. Oh, God. Like the whole website was laid out like with the blue Windows 95? And the, well, before that, like 3.1. Oh, DOS. 3.1. No, 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 like 3.1. I remember no, After 3.1. DOS, before 5. Right. Yeah, before um, like XP. I remember doing command stuff. prompts to do flight simulators. I remember that. That was pre-DOS. Well, that was DOS. Pre-Windows. But know. anyway, Some the website, shit. the website looked like you were on a... A Windows 3.1. So you got in your DeLorean. You went to the website. Yeah. You're back and, in time. And they were selling these wraparound sunglasses. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And it I was see, so no. awesome. So what I does that like, do with the price of tea in China? Um, aesthetics. Okay. And so we were discussing T-shirts mm-hmm. and what we wanted to do with like Spartan Forge T-shirts. Got it. And how we wanted the website when people are ordering what we wanted to look like. And I was like, had that not been done. That's exactly what I would want out of my website is it to look like you are going back in a DeLorean. Did you see the new uh, event from Latitude Outdoors? The 1970s magazine yes, cover? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Event poster. Very good. Fucking awesome and brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag completely, but let's just say some inspiration for some upcoming things that was pulled from that. Yes. You just let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, no one knows what I'm talking about. Like three people know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Two of them are in this room. <laughs> <laughs> jackass. <laughs> you jackass. You're not going to make the putt because you're a jackass. You're a, are we, you suck, jackass. Are we ignoring questions right now? I feel like no, I don't have any new ones. Really uh, okay, like Come people on, must Taylor. just be watching this unfold. You just messaged Taylor. I have no Come calls on. in no, queue, I and I have no oh. new questions. So if someone wants to call, the number's on the screen. I said, have literally on the screen, it says, have a question for Bill? Question mark? Call into the show, exclamation point. Here's the phone Everybody number. gets stage fright. I don't know what that's all about. Like, when this it's time to kill people beer, used to call into radio we'll shows all the time. Maybe it's just, it's one of those things that's just kind of... I'll note, I'll note this. I will let a small cat out of one bag, which is next week, August 3rd, when you call into the show, you're going to enter to win in, enter to win a chance to win. What, what the fuck is going on? Enter to, enter, en- enter at a chance You'll be entered to into enter, a chance to win yeah. a, a Latitude Method 2 saddle. Holy sheep shit. But you have to call. That's how this is going to work. That's right, people. You need to call. That doesn't count today. So don't don't, today. don't count your lucky Not stars tomorrow. yet. But next week next when you call in. Tuesday. And some OKS Hunter swag. Stickers, We're- decals, and shirts. And a method saddle. Method 2 saddle. I feel like we should be holding out on that. It's going to get announced between today Just and next week. Bit. So I'm, I'm okay. I like I'm Alex. Okay. Alex is the man. Alex Chop. You know what? Uh, you guys talk for two seconds. I'm just going to... Uh, you going to use the little girl's room? No, no. I'm just gonna... He's going to put on the saddle. He's going to put on... He's going to hang from his chair. He is going to hang from his chair. I... Oh, very nice. Can they see that? You were supposed to put that on. box. Uh, that's the giveaway. Oh, Give yeah, him yeah, that one. Li- right this meow. Is, yeah, you can, you can touch it. Oh, you can touch it. Only when it's not on my skin. I will probably never use a saddle. I'm going to be honest. I said that too. I'm going to give it a try this year. That's all I got this year. 
I I told him I couldn't. I that's couldn't an XL, which might be too big for me, but it's okay because no, it's not. You're no. girthy in the right places. <laughs> Are there any calls in queue yet, guys? No, nothing. No? I just made you uncomfortable. We, You're turned. Oh, they hung up. I missed one. Who Girthy was it? in all the right places is the band I used to 22 seconds to. ago. Guys, who was on here 22 seconds ago? That's You weren't paying attention. Call back. 22 seconds. Playing with your death diaper over there. <laughs> Deer diaper. Deer diaper. Same thing. Death diaper. Those are both pretty good. So yeah. this is really good quality, by the way. What is this? This is Latitude. 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 I like Alex. Alex um, is good shit. He is um, helping out with the veterans hunt. Okay. Which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to talk about now, that. I will say. That's part of what we're supposed to talk about And today. I shouldn't say this. Then don't. I shouldn't say this. Then don't. No, I'm you going can, to. It's live. Okay. Why? Because here it I, is. You heard it first. It's I don't, right here. I don't do well with this type of stuff. This might be why the downfall of my company, but it doesn't matter. Surprises? Um, oh, here. I reached out to a couple of stand companies. So we have this veteran's hunt coming up yep. where people are going to register. They're going to get a bunch of prize stuff. So we've got like awesome companies that are going to be donating stuff like First Light, um, Vortex, uh, HHA, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of great companies, right? These are big name companies. They're awesome. We love you. But they're, you. they're supporting veterans. Most, most By the way, Michael Pike, the hang part. in there. We're going to bring you on in just a second. Most, let me finish this, Michael Pike. So most importantly... Can I go on insurance? Let me finish this, Michael Pike. So... Most importantly, I reached out to, and I won't say their names, some large stand companies yeah. and mm-hmm. told them, hey, I'll buy some stands for cost. Yeah. It's so like what it costed you to make the stand. Because I understand there are people who are not like myself. I will never probably hunt from a deer diaper. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't trust myself mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'll, I'll always use a stand. And so I reached out to these guys and I was like, hey, let me buy some for cost. We'll, you know. Donate some money in your name. Just want to put you know. your name all over in banners. Yeah. Whoever's not shit. going to use a deer diaper, we will put in a stand and then we'll advertise that stand during the logical. Got yeah. it. Makes during sense. This, just it's good marketing. <sighs> Nothing. Kaiser so say. That's okay. Come there's on. a, there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say volatility is probably too strong of a word, but like, it's just like an easy thing to a, get behind. Well, you'd think. It is. It is. From our perspective. But there's a lot of, everyone. like, uh, right. there's a lot of brand loyalty and um, visceral feelings towards some of the stand companies that exist out there. We know. We know this. But what does that have to do with, like, I don't know. Like, say, say you win and mm-hmm. you're not a, you're not a, a deer diaper wearer. They're, they're, which, by the way, this thing's really high quality. It, so I'm not even saying that. The recent video that they just that posted, he, like, sticks it to a truck because it's a, there's a magnet. Right, so he puts on like it's the two panel. I've also seen the tethered ones, and they're really good too. I'm not. This has to no metal. Kill. This no, is a no. silent, silent. Just being system. honest, they're both our friends seem... at Latitude know what they're up against, and they make a good yeah. product. I mean, the tethered ones are really good too, but I'm mm-hmm. not sponsored by either. I don't deal with either. Right. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, I just for people who aren't going to use these saddles, I was going to put them you on a stand. Yep, I get you. And now I don't even want to use those well, stands during the hunt because what do you use for a stand? I'm not going to say it. All right. I don't like Let's it. Bring our I know on. what it Let's is. Why? Let's bring our caller on. Because they didn't, they, they didn't they, respond. Got it. Yeah. I just, I want to pay you for your product. Yep. Then I'll advertise it. Yep. It's all about all right, the Benjamins, know, but apparently not. Hey, hey, Michael Pike, you're live on the show. What's up? What's up, guys? Hey, hey Mike. Mike so, wants to shoot uh, the shit. I don't know what we missed out on already. Everything. Because we've been trying to set up some camera equipment, but, um, is this, do we get to ask you anything? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mean within reason. I mean, like within now. reason. I mean, if we have to report <laughs> your phone PG. number to, you know, we're drinking bourbon. Files anonymous or something, then it might be a problem. But yeah, whatever you, you want, can, Michael. You can ask what you want. I mean, I'll answer whatever. I don't care. Bill, how was Katy Perry? Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> come on. We know Bill has not talked to Katy Perry. No. He's not have a collar on her yet. You didn't listen to the uh, Southern Outdoorsman no, podcast. No, 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 no. So, I didn't listen to all just of wait. it. Just wait. Oh. Just wait. So, <laughs> my girlfriend will routinely, in fact, just a little bit ago, she just texted me just minutes ago. Is she watching the shit show? No, she is not. No, but um, she was dressed like Katy Perry. So no, was... no, no. She wasn't dressed like Katy Perry. She she will say shit to me when we're doing gear data. <laughs> just to see if I'm listening. Oh, that's the best. Oh, yeah. And she'll be like... So, like, next weekend, we're going to do these with these people, and, hey, they're coming over. They want to swim in the pool with us, and I thought we'd invite over Katy Perry and have a threesome, and and then I'll just be like, yeah, 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 that all sounds great. And she'll be like, <laughs> well, of oh, course you would say that to that. You, nope. I didn't hear a word she said. And so she'll be like, you're looking at deer data, aren't you? Oh, and I'll, great. yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. So, Michael Pike, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Did you listen to Southern Outdoorsman, all right. Mike? You must What's have. That? That's the only place I've said that. Yeah, that's great. He was asking if you listen to the. Yeah, but, but by the way, podcast. by the way, D, uh, Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, his brother's a famous hockey player who's married to Carrie Underwood. So, like, God bless his cotton socks. Right? There we go. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is uh, I didn't realize that a couple of weeks ago when I watched the Exodus trail camera uh, video on YouTube. Which one? I had no clue that that too. They did like a, I think they did like a special with him, or at least they did one about him. And uh, they they had Terry Underwood on there and everything. The White Tail Cribs. And so I did not no, know. No, it wasn't Cribs. I did not know that that was his wife. It wasn't Cribs. It was like they're doing other. You need to go watch some of their stuff. I've been watching their shit. I've been watching everybody's shit. I don't I think just, you've been watching. Their I might stuff be a week or two enough. behind. You're like three weeks behind. Okay, get after it. Yeah. So I was watching. Uh, I was like. I came in the house after letting a dog out. I sat down in my other living room because we have like two. I don't know. They what just called. had and our stupid asses on. A I video. know that. I saw that. But I sat down. And I like started watching deer videos, and I was like, "Peace with peace be with you, and peace be and also with you." I was like by myself. I was farting. It stunk in there. It wasn't pleasant for anybody. It twice. A so year. my wife. It was like, <laughs> it must have been like twenty minutes of me watching videos on YouTube on the TV. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? I'm like, what? What? I've been here for 20 minutes. You just now realize like that? Shit. Clearly, watching it shouldn't matter home. because you didn't even know. Put your shirt on 20 there. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you don't want to come in here. It stinks. I'm trying to stay away from people on purpose. Okay. Yeah. And so I thought if I'm being here, staying up the room. The entire yeah. area just to keep people she's away. She's mad at me. So I try to catch Pike. up. Michael Pike. What can we do for you? Yeah, man. We're ignoring you. We're All right. Let's put you back on the track. We're drunk. You are. God, this is really nice. I got a ton of questions on here. Yeah, what you got? Okay, the timing of the movement currently on your your uh, your app or what is eventually going to be your app. We'll call it like kind of on like a daily time frame. Is this eventually going to evolve into like a more precise prediction? Great question. Like uh, hourly or like every few hours or something? No, that's a great question. So there there are a couple of things I can say about that. First of all. Um, so Andy made messages earlier and asked about what, like what spurs deer movement and hold on a second. Cause I got a belch. So what spurs deer movement? That second part that I talked about was how often they have favorable feeding days. So what we see in the data and there are good studies, I believe it's from Mississippi, Auburn, and South Carolina. I have all done studies on this, I believe, but I could be wrong. 
I'll send Eric the link after this. Deer don't move hourly. In other words, if they have a, if they I've have heard this a, before. yeah, if they have a, a, a biological need to feed, need to speed, um, need for need speed for weed. Yeah. <laughs> weed. What? What? Anyway, Jeez. um, if they have a biological brownies. need to feed, they, it doesn't get satisfied in an hour. In other words, if you were to measure thing again, with the digestion, their movement, they, they want to be moving a lot for a long time. And there are no systems that here's what I can say. Having about, you know, we're, we're getting near a thousand years of deer data. And what we see in the deer data is when they're moving, they're moving a lot for long periods of time, like one or two weeks. In other words, their, their body is telling them, Hey, you do not have enough, you know, fat for February. You need to start feeding now. And, and that doesn't get satisfied in like an hour. So I, I guess the first point to that is um, what seems to be like a reasonable level of analysis right now is daily. In other words, today deer will be moving, you know, in or outside of their core areas or in their transition areas or in their full range areas. And when I'm looking at all the GPS data, I'm not getting a finer point. I'm not getting better analysis or results from the analysis than that. But the second thing there is I can switch what, like what the 24 hour period is. So one of the things I'm thinking about doing is making it so it's like noon to noon so that we have a morning prediction and an afternoon prediction, but I have to see what the data bears out. In other words, if, if the prediction doesn't work well, when I break it down to that level, I'm not going to use it. Um, and that's to say, again, probably something I shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Hourly deer movement is not a thing that's predictable because the deer are not responding to things that are happening hour by hour unless they're getting pressured or pushed out of an area by like, you know, a foreign person or a species or a predator. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a biological imperative to feed for long periods of time. So they're in, you know, and that, and this is why this is a great question is because when a deer is getting, you know, what it takes for them from a feeding standpoint to gather the fat that they need to see themselves either through tough periods of the winter or, you know, in the South, it's to basically provide them with the energy they need to get through the rut. That doesn't happen hour by hour. They're not getting like a, a biological imperative. That I would says, say that's macro versus micro. Right? Yeah. You fed enough for this hour. Like that doesn't happen. Think about yourself as a person, right? Like, it's not like, okay, I've worked out enough now. I'm good for the next week. Or like, I'm good hour by hour. It's like, no, you have to be generalized over a long period of time to get either the calories that you need or... I'm good till I smell those french fries. Right. Exactly. I walk past that bean field, damn it. <laughs> so so the, the point there is the, the GPS data, and I, I'm, it's getting to the point where I think we can say this empirically. Why? Because I've got at least two or three universities that agree with me and looking at all of the data... If deer moving a lot, it's happening like, and again, this is busting presuppositions that people have to this point. It's like three, five, seven days of lots of movement. It's not like 10 a.m. on Tuesday, they're going to be moving a lot. Like, first off, are like all of the deer in an area just rising at 10 a.m. <laughs> and then moving? Like, I know this, I'm not trying to. That's a good picture to paint, though. Like, but picture that for a second. That is in your mind. an impossible situation for a deer company to say, hey, look. 
80 percent of your deer are gonna stand up at 10 a.m. It's like sex or between 10 from, and 10 uh, 30 from uh, and they're gonna feed from 11 to 11 45. There's right. so many variables there involved. are they there's the noise. way too the much happening came through yes 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 uh, the wind switched and I caught the wind off of a yes. hiking trail but what and we I maybe I need to move but yeah. what we can say is they'll be moving more than they normally would and that's gonna be happening for days and days so Michael Pike I hope that answers the question on that. Great question. Yeah. So, Mike, 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 where where are you out of? What state are you hunting? uh, Alabama. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. In Alabama, we've, uh, for your purposes, Michael Pike, some of our, the, we have large repositories of data from Alabama. Like, I mean, very large. You're going to have a great user experience. Some of the best prediction that we do is like the triumvirate of like Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina. Like in those areas, we get, prediction that's almost ridiculous like i am second guessing how good it is and i mean that because we have so much data from that area you, are you working with the college there yeah we work with auburn there that's why and um the great steve ditchkoff um who is just all about deer right um, do, you, do you have a follow-up question there mike uh yeah so like if we drive buy like a field which we don't have a whole lot of fields that we can actually glass but i always hear people talking about driving by like a huge field and like one day like every single deer in the area will be out there feeding do you know or can you tell us like what are some of those driving factors for that so yes and so from the spartan forge application um perspective we would call that a full range day right you're like driving by a field it's 2 p.m it's full of deer that's full range. And what we mean is they've left either they're betting. Well, it's actually a great point. Um, Andy made texted me the other day and said, Hey, you know, I've been observing this field and, um, the, the, the outfitter is saying that it's going to be a full range day or it's going to be a core day. And these deer out in the middle of the field, like that doesn't seem like core to me. And then my question was, did you go and watch those deer and see where they were betting? Cause my, what I'm guessing is they're betting on the edge of that field which is something they don't do throughout the rest of the year. In other words, those deer are just getting up and moving like 16, 20 yards from where they're betting on the edge of that field. They're just watching the field the whole day. So that, that field has just yep. become their core area. So by the way, I have a question then too. So like we talk, well, I should we, answer. Fi- let yeah, Michael, yeah, let yeah. him finish. Let me, I, it's, it's an addition to, go ahead. Well, go ahead and finish. My addition to is cut cornfields and, and deer betting in Feeding areas. That would be their. That would become their core area. Because you're not going to hunt a fucking cornfield. Well, you right. will. You Some might. people do. But like tall I, I, standing corn. You're not. Yeah, you I know people walk that will, lanes? Yeah, no, I know people that will cut lanes in a cornfield and then still stock the lanes that are cut. Oh my and god! And just wait for doe and bucks to pop out. Fascinating. Okay. In those areas, and that's their core. That's now become their core. Because area. that is betting until those fields are cut. And then they're get, so like that's an event, right? That's like a, yeah, and now that's become core area for them. Okay, sorry. So that, that's like no, well, that's a good point. That's an important thing for people to consider because once the pressure starts, obviously that field will no longer become core area. Sure. So I just don't. Yeah. Well, now I've totally forgotten what Michael Pike asked me <laughs> because we uh, because when we had you, when you see problem. all those deer when you see all those deer out there. Um, if they're not because like you see a majority of them like a generalized deer movement or pattern i just was curious what some of those driving factors were 
like because there's there's definitely something like some days you go out in the woods and it's like every deer in the area is on their feet and then other days like you you know you barely see any kind of movement so i didn't know what factors right. you thought contributed almost, mostly to that yeah almost, i mean rain has a big thing to do with that and in, in in the southern states especially alabama um that is predictably across all class of species when there is light rain um throughout the day or you know any any weather associated with that you seem to see deer moving all day long and vincent batiata asked rain movement differs from rain movement from the northern midwest so he was asking about rain too so this is a good topic yeah sorry yep. yeah so um and then in the south again it's 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 coupled with you know if if they've had a, a an enormous amount of warm days it seems like the first break in that is also like another great day so if you've had like unseasonably hot weather in the south whereas it doesn't really matter up north because the coats, the way that the way that all, that all works, it doesn't seem to impact it as much. But when you have your first cool days or your first cool mornings in the south, that seems to be one of those days too, um, where the deer start really start moving. But again, in the south, there, if I'm if I'm a betting man, it's always like the light rain, even like mists to light rain seem to be when the most movement that I'm seeing happening. Um, and and if it's a clear day. Then I would say um, in the South, again, I'm speaking for, you know, we're up here in Wisconsin, so I'm speaking specifically to people in Alabama, so don't take this to be gospel in Wisconsin or Michigan, but it would be like three to five mile an hour winds and, and, and the weather is inside of a seasonable norm where there is good sunlight, the sun's hitting the ground, it's producing thermals. So what you have is you're getting, you're getting wind situation, you're getting a moderate wind and and you're getting the sun that's generating the th generating the thermals and the deer are feeling especially safe in an area that they're able to glass before they head out into it so like it's like a perfect combination of things coming together and then on top of that if there have been storms you know two or three storms in the last week or 10 days um and then you get that first nice day where it's crisp and clear and it's the coolest day maybe out of those days that's when you're really going to see the movement uh, as far as the gps what i'm hearing is go subscribe to Sartan's forge app no yeah. what i just heard was your voice is like a combination of fergie and jesus <laughs> oh man i've been called a songbird of my generation <laughs> mike That's, i hope I, I hope i helped you out there um good question but, but thank you yeah again like you know I'm, I'm i'm telling people about these situations but it, it's just that is a cross-section in time and what you really need to be considering is like the past 60 days because if that deer, if all of those situations are present, but that deer's had tons of favorable feeding days leading up to that point, is less likely to risk its life to go and feel to go and um, feed in the middle of a field. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. If, if, so, do you think that that maybe stress? I know I've heard this before by somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but maybe stressors like the more stress that's placed on a deer, like the heavier they'll feed outside of that stress. Yes, so like I've heard that. Have like I've heard that. Really, not, really bad thunderstorm come yeah. through, and then like right after that, you know, the deer are more likely to feed. Yeah, I've heard that. I can't say I've looked at the data with that optic, but I've heard that before, and that seems to be true by what I see. But um, that's definitely something okay. I need to look Mike, at. Mike, send us a DM, and uh, we'll get you an OKS Hunter shirt of your choosing for calling in. Yeah, and Mike, for Mike are you on? Are you on Spartan Forge, Mike? Do you already have a subscription? Yeah, I do. Oh shoot! 
Well, then message me. Did on you use Insta- the word hunt code? Well, you message me on Instagram, and yeah. I'll. We've got some new T-shirts coming out. I'll send you a new T-shirt because those are good questions. You're, looks like you're a first-time caller, so thanks for calling into the show and, and being brave. Yeah, we see you on Facebook. Nope. So. No problem, guys. Yeah, but Thank send me you. a message on Instagram, man, and I'll send you. We've got some new, pretty awesome T-shirts coming out, and I'll send you one. But they're not. Sounds good. I appreciate but, it, fellas. But their T-shirts aren't better than the OKS Hunter T-shirts. Probably not. <laughs> All right, thanks, Michael. Have a good night, buddy. <laughs> thanks, bud. Y'all have a good one. You, you too. too. Thank you. So we did get a call. How about that? Comments, cool. calls, lots of good stuff. We love um, it all. You know, we've been rolling for a while here. It's a uh, quarter to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You're time Nazi in this shit, aren't you? No, I'm just trying to get a feel for if people want to continue to ask questions or what we want to finish Pit up Viper. With yeah. Pit Viper. The those fuck are the is glasses. That? That's the website. Oh, That's, you figured those it are out. the glasses. Straight Jordan out Riley. Of yeah. My good man from Capture Creative, which if you don't know about Capture Creative, go check him out. Heard the best. Capture Creative. So well, I'm f- I'm friends with them guys on Instagram. Good shit. Jordan, Pit Viper. Jordan and his cousin. Oh, yeah, check you're that right. Out. That is fully yeah. 80s. We're, we've come full circle. Well, Fashion I mean, more this. like early 90s, but it's pretty good. I mean, that's that's. I legit. hate to say it, but all the little diesel douche kids that run around in their <laughs> grandpa's diesel great. have those on. So good. That's funny. I mean, I Sorry. can't see myself I on a jet it. ski any other way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're like, what's that dude? Uh, he's I mean, you're he's you're retired now, so you could grow the mullet. You I am could, retired I you as of Friday. I'm actually, my girlfriend told me I need to grow my hair out and my beard again. So Good luck with that. It's going to be really hard for you to grow your hair out after I, having those military cuts. I had gotten back, well, I gotten back from Afghanistan in 2017 and I had like a beard down in the middle, the middle of my chest mm-hmm. and I had, my hair was pretty long. She was like, do not shave that and do not get rid of that beard. Oh, so. all right. There you go. So she likes the chesticles. But I had to. So yeah, it's coming back. Chesticles. Next year when I'm. That just got weird. A little bit, but that's all right. Yeah. Next year when I'm on this. <laughs> Come on, it gets weird every episode. <laughs> Who the hell doesn't God listen to the show it. where it doesn't get weird? Oh, it's like boy. part of the expectation of the show. Who wants some drop time moonshine? I mean, is it cold still? No, probably not. It looks like it's melted on the freaking table. It's still table. cold. I'll take a little bit there, but it's oh, gonna be, it's gotta be the last downer. thing I drink because it seems like it's sweeter. It made a pop. So the drop time moonshine is like an apple, apple based. They try to make their products like about deer. Their vodka is we have the corn vodka up there, which I that is tried, so awesome. but I don't like regularly drink it. And then their moonshine is apple based. The moonshine is nice. The bourbon is just bourbon. But it's got a big giant bucket. I call that it 12 could point be bourbon, enjoyed so. at any time of the day. We've been enjoying the shit out of it tonight. So you have. I've had two glasses and I feel great. It's been I'm not very, as professional. I tell you what, you. kid three is on the way. It's been a very stressful week. My son is like actively trying to kill himself at all hours of the day. He fell off his slide yesterday and cracked his head on the fucking pavement. I excuse oh my, my language, but I about had a damn He's heart alive attack. Still. And then two days before that's that, he missed a, a step and bashed his nose in the fucking pavement. I'm like. Hey man, he's not happy with what you gave him. Oh, it's just he's so remodeling his to be a boy face. dad for it's that reason. All good. I'm really struggling, guys. If anybody has any tips for raising a a, a, a evil Knievel stunt child, I don't know what. I to just do. told Holly. Did she talk about it when you were getting? Yeah, here? Michelin. That's what I'm talking suit. about. Michelin man suit, dude. It's put it on him. Do you have boys? Yeah, I have one boy. What my daughter. Is like the most cautious human in the world. Yeah, my oldest daughter is the same way. And my son is like, I don't know. I feel like he's in a constant argument with gravity. 
my son's in a constant argument with life. <laughs> I mean, he just he. That's our job as boys the, and right. men, right? He, Alex, let's get a helmet. Life. I'm considering no. it, Al- Alex. Honestly, like, do Alex I need too. to get a helmet, Alex? Plouf, helmet. Who's yeah. Been, yeah. Oh, nice helmet. Face mask. Hockey. Go with a hockey helmet. I, There's a little more face. The level of there. like, I feel like my blood pressure has got to be through the roof, but because of just him. And so our, we're having another child, and it's a boy. And I'm like, oh, for yeah. you. Hey, cheers to the boy. I, cheers I gotta, to the boy. Uh, I'll pour something in my glass. I'm like out of uh, alcohol. Oh. We'll do some of the moonshine. Here's your shine. That's my shine. I'm going to do that. Don't shine. drink all that shine. That's I'm not alcohol. drinking that. It's all, but it's also not very alcoholic. I'm drinking all the shine. <laughs> I, got, I sent you some quotes from yourself. All of it. I saw way. that. <laughs> okay. That's full range. Yeah. Okay. Full range <laughs> ass hat mode. He's just being a That's dick. full range. No, but it's good. Yeah. I'm like, this is good. This is good content. <laughs> Uh, I can't turn it off, right? Um, this podcast is going to get deleted from the internet. It's not. If you have any Boy, questions, we'll hang out for uh, like another five minutes. So it, like call, call us. We want to hear from you. This is a two-way conversation. This is a national no, radio show. A could be a four-way conversation. Oh, don't get weird here. It did get weird. How many? We I need went to have there. A, do I need to bring my? No, never mind. I, I had to bring I my had wife to in this room. Trade places with you just once, okay? You're the one that makes it weird. <laughs> what do you mean, mean that? What, you. What, I don't get that. He said four way. And I was the like, oh, oh gotcha, gotcha. yeah. And I just assume another dude's going to call. So I was like, oh, do I need to bring my wife in this room? And that got real weird. It really did. weird. Really you quick. Just, you just totally jacked that up. Oh. This has been great fun. This yeah. is great. Well, Thank you, you Alex, little, for the congrats. Little drop time spirits makes everything fun. But we'll be happy to take another call. Yeah. And by the way, drop time spirits, like they're uh, highly affiliated with um, Field Ethos. And we talked with the CFO of Field Ethos, what, two months ago? Who was a former NFL player, by the way. Yep. I that was to that a podcast. fun episode. That was a good podcast. Mm-hmm. Weird connections. I tell you. All ya, the time. Podcasting is just some weird, con- not, not weird in like a bad way, but just like, who would have thought, you know? Yeah. Right. Us. Mm-hmm. Just you and <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Let's talk to an NFL player about deer hunting. Yeah. And normally what, I'm what talking life to contractors living? on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. about what their plumbing and heating problems And didn't he are, leave so. the NFL to hunt more? Yes. Or wasn't that one of well, his No, but reasons? he said, yeah, he said like, he's like, well, you know, uh, I got to travel a lot. So then I would, I would always try to find like ways to hunt in different states. But a lot of the other, like there's only one other NFL player that he mentioned that we would maybe even talk to that. He's like, no one else cared. Everyone yeah. else was all about getting drunk and doing fun shit and doing whatever. He's like, I just wanted to go hunt. So he wasn't like, that's disappointing. Yeah, he wasn't having a lot of camaraderie in that aspect there. He was missing on it because of this. It shows you as hunters how small of the general popularity mm-hmm. we really are. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to stick together and try and help each other out. And I know it's very tough. And way back in the day, I talked to an MLB player about the same thing. There you go. Way back when, when I first started the podcast back in like, I don't know. When, who when was that? I this thing? I don't remember. He played for the Marlins. Huh. He was that big. I don't, but it was a long time ago. How long have you been doing this? 2013. Wow. Been inconsistently. And then 27. You're pretty 18, consistent these days. 2018, 19, 19, I started, 19. Then we started doing what we're going to do. This I almost Tuesday. always tune in myself here. That's nice. Yeah, You're the one see you. You say hello, fellas. And mm-hmm. give us no, cool I say good emotion. evening, Eric or, and Greg. Yeah, that's what that, I say. Too. that too. Greg doesn't get to see the screen. Oh, no. that's right. He could. I have another computer over there and over there and over there. We don't need to add more shit to the mix here. All right, guys. Well, I don't see any other calls coming in, so we're going to end the live stream. We appreciate everyone tuning in, uh, joining the commentary. Lots of comments that came through, so if we miss any, we'll go back and revisit this when we're sober. (laughs) 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll add some value. And thanks for the call, Michael Pike. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. What's up, everyone? Anthony Heller here with DeerVane, and this week's tip of the week is related to your tree stand setups. So as we're entering, you know, mid to late summer here, a lot of people are getting out, resetting their tree stands and trimming all those branches. Make sure that when you're trimming those, you're keeping in mind that those branches will probably grow back over the next few months. So essentially, you know, if you're not gonna come back to the stand at all, you might wanna trim them a little bit further than you think. So when they grow back, they actually don't grow back right over your shooting lane. Or if you intend on getting out there right before a season starts and you're gonna retrim everything up or just clean everything up, or even just bring some sort of trimmer with you when you head out there for the first time, uh, that's a good idea as well. Just to make sure that, you know, when you get up in that stand, first light doesn't pop up and all of a sudden there's, you know, a nice, nice good old patch of leaves right in your shooting lane. So that's that's certainly important. And then if you're doing kind of the 100% mobile, uh, mobile hunting on public land type of thing, I would get out and recheck your trees. Just check the trees that you intend on hunting so that you don't get out there in the morning if you are morning hunting and you get up in the tree and you're like, holy cow, there are no shooting lanes. When I was in here, you know, in the early spring, late winter, this was fantastic and now it is just a green mess and I can't even shoot but five yards in front of me. So go out there, recheck those, um, just to make sure that you know exactly where you're going. Uh, again, nothing worse than getting up in a stand in the morning, in the dark, putting in all the effort, only to realize you can't shoot anywhere and you gotta climb down and rehang. All right, I hope that helps everyone.